When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. And Gabe, oh my goodness, there is so much to discuss obviously outside of the world of basketball. And it's just been a heavy week in a lot of ways. And we are a basketball podcast, so we will discuss what is going on in the WNBA. But when we talk about the WNBA, we're also talking about what impacts the WNBA players and coaches as human beings first. And Mm -hmm. that's why we're going to start the way we're starting today. Yeah, I just wanted to send, you know, all our love. Uh, and support to uh, the people affected in Texas and I think to everyone I mean you know I think we, we were both talking about this before we got on just like you know I, I it's it's tough to know how to feel uh, it's tough to know what to say um, we are not we are basketball talkers um, so we have to talk about basketball uh, and we hope that this can provide you with you know some sort of distraction and and a little fun and that's our that's our job um, but obviously there's a lot more stuff in the world as we have unfortunately had to start this podcast off many times of, uh, going on that makes it tough. I mean, there's a raging gun violence problem in this country. There's raging institutional racism in this country. There's raging sexism in this country. And unfortunately in WNBA, all of those things come to a head because of, you know, the people we have in this league and the faces that we have in this league. And we are very lucky to have those faces and those people yes. like, Natasha Cloud, like Elizabeth Williams, like so many of the players that stand up and speak up for what's right. And, um, you know, this, this, this situation is, is no different. Um, you know, when, when school children are being gunned down, the WNBA stands up and says something about it. Um, 
I don't know if that like makes a difference. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not the person to talk about this if you're looking for uh, hope and, and rainbows, but um, I'm glad that we are in this league and, and we have the people talking about it. And if you haven't seen what Natasha Klaus said uh, since this happened, I, yeah. I encourage you to go find it and, and, and hear what she has to say because she's a powerful voice and she's right. Um, I hope, you know, she gets through the people who are wrong. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, uh, I don't know how much we want to talk about this now or if we want to talk about it later, but uh, that, that's just kind of where I'm coming yep. from right now. And I hear you, Gabe, and I hear the emotion in your voice, and it's just been really heavy, you know, for all of us who have compassionate hearts, who continue to have hope in spite of this madness that we are uh, consistently seeing day in and day out, and it's really tough um, to compartmentalize. And I don't know if that's the right way to even do it, but I mean, there are things that need to be done. I mean, we're parents, we're, we're working, we're, you know, trying to get things done during the day. And, you know, every time I see a little child, like I did today mm -hmm. at the store, it's like, come on, man. Um, you know, it's just hard to compartmentalize what those families are feeling. And like you said, just, you know, just prayers uh, of sympathy and strength and you know just to carry them through the quiet times i think that's what we are we are here to do that too um i mean we're talking about about lives and and livelihoods and families and human beings and that's just what it's all about i know mike tebow today on the on the mystics call he said you know forget about policies and and things that we can disagree on you know financially like with taxes and things like that but when it comes to human beings and and living um on earth with each other as a team you know that that's something that can that continues to um be an issue and natasha cloud didn't answer any basketball questions today as she shouldn't have but you know and mm -hmm. i mean her heart is heavy too because she says heavy is the heavier are the shoulders that that hold the crown you know and and she feels like she is um you know the one who has that that heavy crown to bear so it, you know it was intriguing to hear her perspective on how she you know knows that she's a professional basketball player and she knows that but it's also the realization of her responsibility that she has taken on and embraced with standing in the gap and, and wearing the shirt, um, mm -hmm. you know, and understanding, that, you know, to create constant awareness that, that there needs to be a, a, a big change in, in the hearts and lives of, of people who just don't understand the big picture and, you know, the stubbornness of, of, money when that gets in the way but we'll you know we'll we can yeah. talk about it later but i just wanted to say you know that you know the WNBA always has um been in the forefront of injustices that are continuing to occur you know off the court and um you know i'm i'm just glad to be associated with the league as i know you are too because it it stands for the right way mm -hmm. it stands for humanity it stands for equality it stands for injustices stands up in the gap when there are injustices and um you know i it's, it's something that we have we just have to keep plugging away at so um yeah and if yeah. you uh i mean if you're like me and you like don't know what to do uh in the description i mean i always say i guess to subscribe and like and you know the lot of you don't and that's fine and that's not a big deal but if you want to like now just like look in the description i have a little thing there that tells like your senator's phone number 
So you can call your senator and tell them that this is important. I don't, again, I am not the hopeful sunshine daisies person. It is something that we can do at the very least. And if you want to feel like you're, if you want to feel like you're doing anything, I I think that's a good place to start. That's what Natasha told us to do. Um, And that's something that we can do. Um, And then hopefully, you know, as time goes on, there's more answers. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like that's up to you. If you don't want to do that, I understand. Uh, I hope you are going through this. However, um, is best and most healthy for you. Um, I hope the people who want to take action are taking action. So if you want, there's a little help for you there. If you want, there's millions of uh, other places. And if you want, uh, just follow the touch cloud. She is going to, she, she has, she has you, she can, she can support you there and a bunch of other players can. Um, but with that, I mean, you know, uh, we can sort of circle back to it. I do think we need to talk about basketball just because we, this is, that, that that's what we do. And uh, this could be a distraction, I guess. Right. Um, right. So uh, we can start with the very cheery news that, uh, Jesus Christ, tough way to start the podcast, even on the basketball front. Uh, the Indiana Fever fired Marion Stanley um, no. after what, their two and seven to start the season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, as, as I said, to <laughs> begin the year and has been one of our biggest disagreements this season is uh, that the Indiana Fever were not going to be good. Uh, they've come out and won more games than I thought they would. They've looked more confident than I thought they would. Um, and and coach Stanley still gets the boots nine games into the year. So, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, when I first saw that, I was, I was shocked a little bit because Mm -hmm. of the youth of the team and the, and the rebuild and the reconstruction that, uh, they went through with seven draft picks in this previous draft this year. And they kept five of those rookies. So they're super young, they're mm-hmm. super talented, and that's why I was lobbying for them to win at least six games by the All-Star break. And they Which actually, they still might. And they still may do that. Uh, but I saw them, I saw the interactions. Like when the Indiana Fever and the Mystics played for the Mystics home opener, I stayed over there for the Mystics shoot around, stayed there for um, the Fever's practice as well. And I saw the way that Marianne Stanley, Stanley was interacting with the players and they just loved her. You know, I think they had reverence for her. They respected her experience level. And, you know, and I know that's not what it's all about, but at the same time, I think there was really a lot of mutual trust uh, with the players and, and with Marianne Stanley and her staff. So in that regard, it's just, it's, um, it's sad because I know her and I know mm-hmm. her, her longevity and, and the, coaching world and in the playing world too but I mean she's a hall of famer as a player and a coach like what are you really doing I mean she's going into the Naismith basketball hall of fame in September so it's not that she is not capable or, or respected but I think it may just be a situation where it just didn't happen quickly enough in Indianapolis uh, for her to to stay and that's just unfortunate because of what I said because of the being young a little more of a rope then, right? It's not like you have, you know, five, you know, four-time All-Stars right. or five All-Defensive players, you know, that are coming back for their eighth or ninth year. You have babies on this team, less than five years experience for Kelsey Mitchell even. So they're super young, but that's that's just my take. And I love Marianne. So Marianne, I'm sorry that that happened if you're listening. Yeah. But I know she'll land on her feet because she is she's a savant in the game. Yeah, no, and I, I think... It's not even so much a, like she did a bad job. I thought she thought she did a fine job this season. Um, you know, I think the GM that hired her got fired uh, in Tamika Catchings, and that led the way to 
a new GM letting her go. And I think one of the things that we have to keep in mind too, is like this, it's not about winning now, right? That this team is built to win in the future. And they seem to hit on, you know, I think they hit on Engsler, they've hit on Smith and they've hit on, yeah. on uh, Queen Egbo who looks really good. And, yes. they, and Destiny Henderson looks good too. Yeah. And Lexi Hall looks, well, Lexi Hall has been up and down, but but she's thing, had moments. Yeah, she's had her moments. She's had her moments. I think she's going to, you know, she's a six overall pick, right? It's a rookie right. year. Um, so I think one of the things that was in, is a headwind that was working against Marianne Stanley is like, she's a veteran coach, right? She's, a, right. she's an old school coach. Well, we've talked about this at the transfer portal too. We have. Uh, and we don't disagree that the kids are different now. Look, kids are different now than they, than they were in the past. I think in college, the kid enters the transfer portal. In the pros, the coach enters the transfer portal and is get, gets fired because that's the way it works. The players are more, the players just have more invested in them than the coach does. So if the coach doesn't mesh with the players for whatever reason, then I think it, it, it the coach has to go. I think part of that, part of the reason she's not there is because she probably has a more old school attitude and, and this team is so young that they may need a coach that can relate to them a little bit more and, and get them going in the same way that we see some other coaches do. Um, I don't know. I mean, that this is just a guess. Um, but I also think like, you know, at uh, Indiana looked at what Atlanta, what's happening in Atlanta. And they saw right. a young coach who can grow with her players, who gets, who who's, relates to them and, and, and vibes with them and has brought a lot of excitement to that franchise already. And they were like, you know, Hey, we could do that too. So I think that was kind of the things working against Marianne. Now, the other thing in though is like, why do this nine games into the season? That's yeah. But I honestly, I hear what you're saying. And I, I disagree with the beginning of it only because I don't think that old school coaches should be framed that way, I guess is what I'm saying. I, she knows the game. She knows, you know, what Lynn Dunn yeah. wanted. Lynn she, Dunn is an old school coach, an old school GM. And look what she did. So right. she was able to put the pieces in place. But I do agree with you with only nine games in to do that. I don't think that was a long enough rope, as I said. But I just think that, I mean, I saw the way Marianne Stanley was vibing with those players. It wasn't like she was over there and the players were over there. Like they were all, like they were hugging her, like after the practice, like they, there was like a reverence there and a high level of respect. So I don't think that it's necessarily, you know, your experience level um, that that equates with whether or not you vibe. I think it's a personality thing. Yeah. Like you can be, you, I don't care. Like um, what's the uh, Loyola Chicago? They had the the, the nun who came to all oh, the- Oh, Sister Jean. Yeah, Sister Jean. Man, hey. she's vibing with these kids like that. And it has nothing to do with your age or your experience or whatever. It's your personality. And I don't, I think that she had, Marianne, I'm speaking of, mm-hmm had a great rapport with her players. And I saw it because I told her, because I was right there with her. She's hugging and talking to the players. And I was waiting my turn to get my little hug because I have long arms I could reach yeah. around. And I was like, I'm going to wait for my hug right here. And I was like, you know what? That's so cute. I told her that because yeah. I saw it, witnessed it and and told her. And she was like, oh, thank you. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't think there's like some kind of separative thing no. in terms of her her ability to vibe with the current athlete that's, yes. that's just my personal take because of what i saw so no i don't think it, i don't think it's the athlete i just think it's like 
do we want to invest more time into this coach that, you know, is a little older that may not match our timeline and maybe doesn't match what we want from the team. Right. And she, and the other thing is, is like Marianne loves her vets. Right. So it's like, if she's going to, if she's not going to play Lexi Hall in the game, which she did in the last Connecticut game, I don't know how much that played into it, but it's just like, if you're, if you have that, that mentality of like, well, we need a win and we don't want to play my vets and the GM wants the rookies to play and perhaps is not as concerned about winning in 2022. I, I, obviously Lynn Dunn wants to win in mm-hmm. Indiana, just not that it doesn't matter the win total in 2022, the win total in 2024 is much more important. So like if, if those things were, were conflicting, then I think that kind of, those things are what ha- are, are what get coaches um, fired because it, it's not necessarily that, like, a, like you're saying, she's not a back coach. I don't even think she, she didn't vibe with the players. It's just like, are, are our goals aligned? Are you go? are you in our timeline? It's the same reason why perhaps a player like Daniel Robinson, who I think is really good, doesn't make sense in Indiana because she doesn't match the timeline. And there's a ton of benefits to having a Daniel Robinson, just like there are a ton of benefits to having a Marion Stanley. But if you think it's not, if you don't see this person being here in 2024, then I think it is the right move to move on. Now, the, the doing it nine games into the season rather than before the season, man, that's uh, that's pretty questionable, but I don't know what happened behind the scenes. That's hard. And I mean, I did see, you know, in her time at Indiana, she's won 14 games. So, I mean, it may not be just these nine games and you're two and seven in that stretch, but 14 wins in the stretch at Indiana. So maybe it's like the whole thing yeah. and not just right now. So, you know there that may be in in that mix as well in terms of why they considered to do it now it's not just this season that they're basing it upon maybe it's all collectively all yeah. three seasons that she's been there yeah no and, and you know i think it's more uh unfortunate um, yeah. for marianne so, than it is anything I hate else. It. yeah it's not well, like I she did it say, no, say it again it's not like she did like a, a, i didn't think she did a, a particularly terrible job this season um no it wasn't, it wasn't notably bad in my estimation. I'm sure there's other people that would disagree with me. Um, but I do think it's just like, it, it, do we want to have more of an Atlanta situation where this is much more exciting? You know, the Atlanta, what, what Atlanta has in their coach is a little bit more exciting um, to the franchise, I think, than what, than what uh, Indiana had. Right. I, you know, I, I can see that. But I just, I, you know, when you know people yeah. over the years, that's just hard. I was like, oh, like when I first saw that, I was like, oh, no, you know? Because I know how much she loves the game. I know how passionate she is about these women. And not just the X's and O part of it, but, you know, who they are as people and, and what she can um, show them what they can do, right? Um, so I know that's that's always tough. I mean, any coach who is worth their salt has passion for the yeah. game and will always have that. So I know that that was a stinger for her because of what she um, has invested over the years in the game. So that was, that was tough to see it in that regard. Now, I think she could, I mean, she's going to, I'm sure she'll end up with a different job unless she wants to retire. Um, but I mean, I, I think she could come back to the mystics because technically the mystics have a one spot available still for an assistant, right? Am I, I, am I imagining so. that? Cause you can have three assistants. Exactly. You can have a fourth if it's a former player and the mystics have two former players. Right. And Eric who just won his first and- game. Shout out to Eric. No, he did. He did. Shout out to Eric. Yeah. He got he got uh 
the waterworks after in the locker room. I thought that was awesome too, just to have that moment with the players as well. So, and another person who invests so much into the game and, and really has, you know, paid his dues and, and Mike Tebow, obviously his dad, but it's not, you know, I've said this before, it's not any kind of nepotism situation where you're just going to put your son on. No, it's like he, he is, he understands and he gets it. He's right in front of us, you know, in their last game against Atlanta, 20 point win. And, you know, he was, he was right there conducting. And it was, it was really, I'm sure a proud moment for, for not just him, but for Nancy and Mike as well. I almost got a second tech, I think. Got real <laughs> close to getting a second tech there. Uh, <laughs> congrats to Eric. Um, okay, anything else on, on Marianne or Indiana for, for now? Uh, I, no, I just think, you know, they still have uh, the possibility of winning four more games before the All-Star break. But other than that, I don't have anything else to say about that. We, we shall see. We shall see. They definitely do. Uh, we still have to Is come up with post-it? the... Is that I have, my it, I have it under so it keeps falling off the wall like i said oh i thought oh that's the light switch i thought that was the post-it behind you over here oh no no i don't know no that's not oh, okay yeah, you know, yeah, i can't yeah. no okay. yeah I, I have it under here under my laptop because it kept falling off the wall i still need wall art i know i asked for that i need to go buy, yeah. I need to buy it it's been crazy yeah. i've only been home for like it's just a lot of travel can people stop getting married on consecutive weekends Aww, i love Both? it so yeah, yeah, we, we're, we're going on a trip this weekend with my family, and then we have a, a wedding next weekend, then we have a wedding next weekend. Um, oh, so it's, it's wedding season. It's wedding season. Wedding season. And then they, <laughs> they all came to my wedding, so I have to go to their wedding. So. No, you have to. Like, you can't not. Also, you break even on the gifts. This is an aside note, but I yeah. just noticed this. It's like, you know, hey, these people gave us money to go on a trip, and now we're giving them money to go on a trip. So it's just like, oh. we could have just saved yeah. the transaction like, fee and yeah. just not not done that <laughs> but whatever i guess zola needs to make money uh more on some more positive news actually this is terrible and i, I hate this so much uh jasmine thomas out for the season with a torn yeah. acl um hate it. It happened in that indiana game i believe um yeah just brutal actually i may have been um, i may i may be wrong on that they may that may have happened in the that happened in the end game Right. Yeah. Yeah. Check myself. Yep. She, she got hurt last weekend. Mm-hmm. Man, she got hurt in that Indiana game. Um, torn ACL for Jasmine Thomas. Obviously, she's one of the best guards in the league. Certainly on the defensive side of the ball, a DMV yeah. Um, someone's yeah. really made a name for herself, and it was so brutal because it finally felt like this Connecticut team was fully healthy. We're gonna have a fully healthy year, and then yeah. Jasmine Thomas goes down. No, I just, oh, it made me sick to my stomach, you know, talking to Megan McPeak about it and mm-hmm. uh, at the last game against the Dream because that's their next opponent. The Mystics play Connecticut on Saturday and we were talking about the upcoming game and I was like, wow, with no Jasmine Thomas. And I think I had just found out, like, mm-hmm. at that moment we were talking about it and um, in the post-game comments and it's just, that's devastating, man. I mean, they were so close last year. And I think we said this on our preseason chat about the league, about how they had the coach of the year, the MVP, the most improved player. Uh, Lisa Thomas didn't play like for the majority mm-hmm. of the season last year, but now she's back and she's whooping it up. They're right there. Like this could be their year. And then now with Jasmine Thomas, one of not just statistically uh, a great leader for that team, but just in a moral way, like she's like, uh, she's a morale booster Mm -hmm. for that squad. And, um, 
you know, I, I, that's going to be tough. And she can still do that, as I alluded to the other night as yeah. well. I mean, she could still be a leader. But this is something different when you're on the court and it's like right at the moment, you know, not at a timeout when you can add in. But, you know, you can't um, can't really replicate your your presence on the court um, in terms of how you can lead. And it's not that you can't lead. It's just leading in a different way. I'm sure that's so frustrating for her. Because I don't believe she's had any injuries. I, you know, I've known her since her Duke days, or back it up to her mm-hmm. Oakton High School days in Vienna, Virginia. Like I don't, I don't remember her being hurt, um, mm-hmm. even with an ankle situation. Like, has she been injured? Like, I don't know if there've been any injuries. So to have this happen is pretty devastating. Um, in terms of the timing for Connecticut, I mean, that's just a a tough piece of the puzzle that will be missing for them for this year. I mean, she's played, she played all 34 games in every year. In 2017, she missed two games, apparently. And 2020, she missed some games. Uh, and okay. then last year, she missed a couple, but like not, nothing, like I don't know Major. if that was rest. I, I, you know, it could have been anything because I'm just looking at the games total. Um, so yeah, yeah definitely not, no major injuries um, right. for, for her. And it, it just, it's brutal. That's it's absolutely yeah. brutal for her. And so we're sending, you know, um, love to her and, and, and good vibes and hopefully for a fast recovery so she can be back next year. Um, as for the team, though, uh, did, fortunately, this team is actually pretty well suited to take on uh, the loss of Jasmine Thomas. They have guard talent, obviously bringing in Courtney Williams now is a very big deal um, because right. she can help with that ball. There's going to be a gap in ball handling. Um, mm-hmm. so on the offensive end, Courtney can make up for it. Natisha Heideman has really grown as a player and, and is shooting really well. That'll be a huge, huge help, um, for Connecticut drafting Nia Cloudon, another big deal. Cause now she yeah. kind of slides into that role where Courtney Williams was, and she slides up a, a lane. Yvonne Anderson can also contribute. You know, I think Cloudon and Anderson will be competing for those minutes. Um, mm-hmm. so teams pretty well situated to just straight up replace those. However, <laughs> did you see this? That Kurt Miller brought up the possibility, and 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 it, he I'm not sure he's run this lineup out yet, but he's talked about this lineup before. Okay. Putting Alyssa Thomas at point guard, yeah, with Courtney Williams at the two, Dewana Bonner at the three, John Quill Jones at the four, I like, it. and Brianna Jones at the five. I like it. If I'm a Connecticut Sun fan, <laughs> I love that um, the versatility that Alyssa Thomas presents the game with. I mean, she's very easy to plug in in any spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, offensively and defensively, if you're really talking about it all. But I'm not I'm not opposed to that. I mean, if you're a ball player, you're a ball player. If you can make a read, you can make a read. Mm-hmm. Can you handle the basketball? Can you make good decisions? I don't care how tall you are. I don't care whatever. Like, do you have the basketball IQ that is um, – sorry about that. No worries. Do you have <laughs> – sorry. Um, kids. Anyway, I love them. Oh. Um, but do you have – do you have the basketball IQ to play with that level of versatility? And I think when you have the trust of Kurt Miller to go out there and do that, then, then go ahead. Sure. I mean, she's already an initiator when she gets the rebound, she's going to bust out. Right. That's what they used to call it. The a train, I guess mm-hmm. they still do uh, in some uh, forms, but I mean, she can go with the ball and push and find people. I mean, she's had just gaudy numbers this year and very consistent with her offense, especially on the assist meter, uh, assist to turnover ratio situation. She's been solid. So I'm, I like it. Do you like it? I, I like it. I mean, 
there's no spacing on that lineup, like none whatsoever. But that's fine. I don't think. I mean, I, no I think when you say no spacing, tell me about that. What do you mean? Uh, who? I mean, the only person that can shoot threes consistently in that lineup that I just described is John Cole Jones. Got you. Okay, yeah. I hear you. Uh, I mean, according to Williams, can she just doesn't? She likes to take her long twos. Mm-hmm. And you can space out to mid-range. I think that's suboptimal when you're talking about a team with uh, that needs that needs to create a lane for Alyssa Thomas. But you know, gotcha. Kurt Kurt Miller is a really good coach, uh, so I think he will find ways to make that lineup work. Obviously, you mentioned how good Alyssa Thomas is. I totally right. co-sign that. I think she's an amazing player. Um, again, you know, I'm going to keep plugging, getting Nia Cloud in some more minutes um, because she can shoot from three. Um, she- and, and I just think it does it look play your five best players, right? It seems right. like a good idea to play your five best players. So I like that. I like that too. That those are your five best players, put them on the floor together, see what happens. Um, and and I oh I forgot to mention too, like DJ Carrington's taking a huge step up. Um yes. so it, I think that really you know helps alleviate some of the problems. Obviously, you don't want Jasmine Thomas to be out for the year because she's a really good player, but you definitely um can make up for it. And I don't think Connecticut should really take that big of a hit in, in, you know, your projections for them. Like, I think they can, they can sustain it. I think they can continue going. And I think they will, by the end of the year, figure out a way to make it all work together in some right. form or fashion. Um, right. But it will be fun to see Alyssa Thomas at the one. That's- I like that. I like that. I think, you know, and like you said, the five best players are on the floor, but five best players on the floor and can operate well in their five positions, regardless of what they are. Right. For Alyssa Thomas I'm speaking of. So, I mean, with Jasmine Thomas out, you have to get creative and, you know, Alyssa Thomas can make plays for the team. Like I said, she can see over the top of a lot of actions from that position. And that's going to cause some, I mean, I'm just thinking like, how do you match up with that lineup? Right. How do you match that lineup? defensively if you're an opponent so I think that's going to be um something to watch for especially on Saturday when the Mystics play them yeah. um, without Elena Deladon because that's um uh, uh, already sure. been decided yeah that she's going to be resting that game so it'll be interesting to see how how Washington counters that yeah. and Alicia Clark uh, may not I don't know what her situation is she wasn't at practice today so we're waiting to see about her so again that could be another you know, rotation uh, for Washington that we can look for in terms of how they're going to match up with that kind of a lineup. But I think it's it's a challenging lineup that Kurt Miller can go to. I mean, and me, if I'm coaching them, I'd love that. Yeah. Like, yeah, ate some mismatch issues. How are you going to switch? What are you going to switch? Like, what who what actions are you switching on with that group? Oh, the offensive right. rebounding on that the lineup. Oh. I mean, Court Williams was like the best offensive rebounder from the guard spot for years in the league. So, I mean, she's a little, you know, she's got bunny rabbits on her and she, she's going to go get that ball. And, you know, somehow, some way she finds like three or four offensive boards from the guard position just by crashing in there like that. So, you know, very active, but that's going to be interesting to see uh, the challenge of that and what no. it presents. Yeah. I find it intriguing. And I think, uh, I think they'll have time to experiment, you know, um, at least it is, uh, it, you know, at the very, very least, at least this didn't happen at the end of the year. For two reasons, because if it happens at the end of the year, first off, you don't know what you're going to do come playoff time. And second off, Jasmine Thomas is out even right. longer into next year. Now she can she can probably come back, uh, hopefully at the start of next year. I don't know. I don't know. ACLs are weird, but, you know, we, we've seen players come back quick. So 
Um, it, it's sad, certainly, but I think Connecticut will be fine. I think Jasmine will come back strong, and um, we will see how this team performs later in the year. I did want to, so I have no idea how long we're talking because I don't have my timer on. I totally forgot oh, about that. I don't even know. We're good. So, I we're guess good. we're okay. I'm good. Like, I'm good. Yeah, we're, oh yeah, let's do it. Um, so let's talk about the Las Vegas Aces who have stormed out to a seven and one start. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the best offense in the league, best net rating in the league, and they are flying this year. They're absolutely flying. Um, they, they're, they're putting pe- people in different positions. And I think Becky Hammond's offense has really changed this team specifically yeah. for Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum. Those two have got out to the best starts of their career and play some of the best basketball of their career. What have you seen from the aces so far? Oh my God, pace and space. And I love that Becky Hammond is, is doing that. And, you know, she's bringing her level of understanding of mm-hmm. concepts to that way to play. Like everyone wants to play fast. If you ask any player, they're going to say, Hey, what kind of style you like to play? Well, I like to run and get up the floor. Well, not everybody can do that. Right. Not everybody can do that. Well, in terms of making quick decisions. And it's one thing to be quick from, you know, baseline to baseline, or even Mm sideline to sideline for that matter. But if you can't make quick decisions and have your pace and space here Mm -hmm. (laughs) be on point, and you're not going to be able to play that way. I so the, fa- the, the fact that she has been able to just really get her players to that level of understanding of, of playing that fast. Like, it's not just, okay, what's your, what are your numbers? Like I have the stopwatch. Okay. Sprint from here to here. Now that's pretty fast. Okay. Now make five decisions while running that quickly. And let's see what that looks like for you. And you know, I think that you have to tip your hat to to her on that just because, you know, that's what everyone wants to do, but not everybody knows how to do it well. Right. I think she's gotten this team to do it very well early on. No, and I think the other thing that, you, that you're talking about is those quick decisions are the biggest thing because they they're, have the same possessions per game that they had last season, actually. They, they have mm-hmm. the same exact number of uh, possessions per game, um, but they're moving faster in the half court. They're moving faster off makes. I think Kelsey Plum's been a huge part of that. I, I wrote about her and just like looking at her tape, it's just like, she is like, you know, she, I think she talked about her three on three experience and how much I've exactly. changed, right. It changed, it changed the way she thought. And now she's just playing like, you know, all out, all out all the time, like going fast, making decisions fast. She's turning the ball over a little bit, but like, I think you take that as, as a player on this team and Jackie Young's three point shooting has been incredible. Also, I just wanted to get this one stat. I was looking this up while you were talking. So yeah, last year, last year, Vegas, three-pointers made 162 total. That was last season. Last year. Okay. Through eight games this year, 85 three-pointers made. Come on now. Over halfway there. Ding, ding. <laughs> shooting, shooting the ball. And, and to put a bow on uh, Jackie Young, she's shooting 50% from three. Come on, man. On a lot of that's threes. Like, that's like Katie Benson, like. 47% for her career at Maryland. Anyway, I digress, but listen, when you have a player like Jackie Young, who is, I saw an article that said that she was being considered as uh, in the MVP talk. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I know it's early. I know it's early, but I saw that article this morning. I was like, oh, wow. I don't, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Hmm. So I, I think Alexa, Alexa Philippou of ESPN wrote that front of the program. Uh, 
I don't think she's going to be the MVP. I, I mean, is she the but MVP she right now? She's like at the Tyra Banks. You're in the running. Be the next top model. Like you're in the running. But the fact that she's being mentioned, I mean, what do you think about her at least yeah. being mentioned? Maybe not. She's not the one, but maybe she. I mean, she's taken the jump from not being considered an MVP to being considered in the running for MVP. So, what do you think about? I, I think she's that she. Book? She deserves the consideration. She's been awesome. I think she, and Alexa mentioned this, she's in the running for uh, MIP. So most improved player. I think that is totally true. Um, I do think, you know, eventually you're not going to hit 50% of your threes, just like bought via math. Um, right. It's just like not, it's not that feasible. Um, but her defense has been incredible. Her, and I think that's always been there for her. And now right. adding this other element to her game of shooting threes, moving fast, making decisions, not having also to be the ball handler so much because Kelsey Plum's doing more of the ball handling. I think right. what's happening is she's just in the role that makes the most sense for her. Um, True. And because of the way the roster was set up and because of Bill Lambier's style last year, she wasn't. So, yeah, I mean, I think like saying she's the MVP now is not crazy. I don't think she will be at the end of the season because I think the MVP on this team is Asia Wilson. If they want to go far, she's going to need to be the MVP, that part. but I don't think it, I, I don't think it's crazy. So what did you, what did you think about it? I mean, I was like, Whoa, like I hadn't considered it. Right. So it made me think like, okay, look at her numbers. Like you said, 50 from three, 50% from three, but I think she's just been that solid piece. And I think she's taken a couple of years to, really get her competitive maturity at this level to be what the team needs. And maybe just maybe it's because Becky Hammond has the pace of play that suits her skill set a little bit better. And maybe that's why she's showing the way that she's showing and presenting herself uh, in this manner. So um, I like it. I like to, I like to have the mental gymnastics of like, Whoa, I didn't see that coming, but okay. I see what you're saying. And that's kind of where I am with it. And I think if she can sustain that level of efficiency, especially from three, especially with people knowing that she is shooting that well from range, let's see what kind of defenses come her way as the year unfolds. And are you still efficient? Yeah. You know, as we move beyond the all-star break, like as we're pushing towards the playoffs, are you still that, that player, right? right? Who can knock in shots like that from range and, and other things that she's doing well too. But I mean, I think that's most impressive that, on the scouting report, it's like, yeah, we got to take a three-point shot away from her, and she's banging down. It's like, I mean, that that's respect to me, you know? And, I mean, if you come out of the blue and you hit, like, four phantom threes, it's like, well, we didn't think they could do that. No, they know you can do that, and you're still knocking them in. So I, I always give a lot of respect to to players who can operate without having a counter, right? right? Like, you're operating in your gift without having to counter what your strength is and what the other team knows is your strength. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I give a ton of respect to, to players who can still find a way to impact the game uh, with their strengths. And I think Jackie Young has been able to do that out of the gates. Yeah. And then uh, one more thing on Jackie. And I, I just like, I obviously did a lot of research on Kelsey, but those two are playing together on most right. of the backup units. First off, love that Becky Hammond is just putting the starting lineup out there the whole game. Like the, that lineup yeah. has played the most minutes of any lineup in the WNBA, any five woman lineup in right. the WNBA. I'm sure that will normalize out as the season goes on because they've been healthy the entire year and they've had everyone the entire year, which right. is also huge. That's a big deal. When you're looking at WNBA early season returns, like 
that is a very, very right. big deal of having everyone in there and healthy. Um, but she's also pairing Plum and, and Young together a lot when they're not when it's not the full starter minutes. And those right. two have the highest offensive rating of any duo on the team right wow. now. Wow. So okay. It, it's a great match. And those two have the chemistry from that three-on-three experience and from playing together, obviously, with the, with the Aces for the last uh, couple of years. But those two have that experience from the three-on-three. And I think it, it's really just, like, interesting to see how all of these players are, are taking those experiences from three-on-three, from the Olympics, from, you know, uh, play, Jackie Young playing in Australia. She's really grown her game there. You look at players that play that in uh, Athletics Unlimited, Athletes Unlimited, excuse me. Yeah, and it's been huge, yeah. right? Like if you As, like, I talked about Carrington for a second. That was big for her. So it's just interesting to see how everyone's coming back and upping their games from those experiences. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, Natasha Cloud. I know she has said that that has changed her game, and not just like statistically or whatever, where she's second in the league in assists, but she has been able to really become more confident and aggressive, mm-hmm. which we didn't think could happen because we always we always <laughs> think of Natasha Cloud as being confident and aggressive, but she has really come into this season with a different level of confidence. And she really admitted that it was because of that, that different AU tournament or the AU league mm-hmm. um, that went on and they were able to go through and, um, and Tiana Hawkins as well. But I think the way she's been able to read ball screens and if the player goes underneath, she's really been able to maximize those opportunities to knock shots in and I think you know when you can continue to evolve your game like Natasha Cloud and like Dijanae Carrington I mean you have to love that and they don't have to go overseas to do that yes they're playing professionally in the states but they're also gaining quality competitive experience and you know you can't really account for that in other places so um, they're better served for that experience for sure and I know I think Natasha Cloud has something to do with the the structuring of that mm-hmm. league as well like she's an upper management of that league i think so correct i, I think she's so. I, I do not know the exact name of that natasha i'm sorry but i know that she is you know she has a lot to do with the formation and and the sustainability of that league for next year which i think will even be more vitally important yeah. um because of what's going on with Brittany griner um overseas and how courtney vandersloot's not going back to russia because of that situation and so i think it'll really behoove a lot of WNBA players to stay home mm-hmm. and play in that league for safety reasons, but also for the competitive experience of it all. Well, and I also think it's it's a very different experience from what you get in Europe because this is a league that is True. focused on player development um, and right. focused on on making it's run by the players first and foremost, so they're thinking about their development. But you also have just a lot more resources to engage in that player development, whether it's being around your trainers, being around your coach being around your coaches being around your family like right like you can their coaches can go out and watch them play and that changes the situation when you can go see them so um was that dewey that was dewey he brought me a mouse and i'm through it over there sorry go ahead (laughs) silly dewey he's fine Uh, well actually do we have anything else on the aces because i want to talk about another player who has improved greatly since their au experience but that requires moving on to a different team uh i'm good with the aces move on what do you have all right we're going to dallas to talk about isabel harrison and the wings who look really really impressive to start they just beat the connecticut sun obviously connecticut did not have um jasmine thomas in that game but a five and two start for dallas they beat connecticut they beat washington 
Um, yeah. And as I mentioned, Isabel Harrison is, is playing some of her best basketball. I think Isabel has been a player who has not um, always been uh, given the proper attention. I think she's always been a little bit underrated, to be honest. Sure. Uh, this year, I think she's getting a lot more of that attention. I think she's become more of a, a vocal leader. I think she's become a better defender, certainly because of being, uh, because of her being more vocal to become a better defender. I think Vicki Johnson said something to that effect um, in an article that I read by Mark Schindler on the basketball mm-hmm. news. He talked about Isabel Harrison and her kind of explosion, not an explosion. Cause she's kind of doing what she she's done. It's just right. it's different, especially on the defensive end. I've been really, really impressed with this Dallas wings team. Um, because this is a team that we kind of have pegged in that range of like, oh, they're trying to make the playoffs. Right. But perhaps in Vicki Johnson's second year, she's figured out a little something. Maybe the lineups have, have worked out a little bit better. Maybe there's a little bit more chemistry. Right. Maybe we're looking at a better team. They're five and two now. I, I think they're, I think that's real. I think they're really good. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think she's a big part of that. I think, you know, her defensive awareness number one in her anticipation skills in terms of where to be. And when I say anticipation skills, everyone thinks block shots. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's part of it too. But I think the anticipation skills of when to rotate, where to be in that rotation in terms of having yourself stabilized as a defender and and legal guarding position, I think she has been magnificent with that. And I think, you know, this team has really been able to mature together. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have a lot of the same pieces. They have a lot of great chemistry when you have that, you really see things form well. And Satu Sable is still, you know, not in the mix yet. So once she gets in there, we even have more continuity. Yeah, she's still working her way back. Yeah. She's working her way back. So I, I still think, you know, that's just another piece that that affords great rhythm and chemistry and continuity for that squad. And I think Harrison, I mean, she's just been phenomenal in terms of her ability to anchor the interior. Mm-hmm. I mean. And I, I love her style too. She comes in dressed, honey. She did you see the Jordan? The the Jordan. I didn't I'm talking about. Yeah. I didn't know you. I didn't know that was like a thing that was. I didn't know there's like dress, jersey dresses existed. Um, yeah, so they're good. She. It, I mean, it, they can pull them off. I, you know, <laughs> and the kids, you know, they can pull them off. No, I may try to pull one off now that you mentioned it. I may have to try. Christy, you're only 29. It was your 29th birthday. I, oh, we forgot <laughs> to say happy birthday. Oh my god. Oh, 29 and holding, holding yeah. tight. Yeah. <laughs> again, 29 again. I've said that like, you know, every year, but, um, but no, thank you. Yeah. It was fun times, but yeah, no, she, she's a style stylista and um, yeah. Fashionista. What did I say? Stylista. I don't That's know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I, I look, Isabel is, uh, you know what I mean? she, she's, I think she signed a deal with Jordan. She did. She did. She did. So she that did. was the whole dress. That dress was like on point. Sense. It was like opening weekend too. It was like perfect. And then her other stuff too. It's not just that she's like been rolling. And I, you know, I went to major in fashion merchandising when I was in college, but oh. you know, I didn't want to take all the other classes that I needed to do for that. So I went to broadcasting, but I wanted broadcasting. But anyway, I digress. But I love, I love a good, you know, out of the box fashion uh, statement. No, I, I, so, I think. Sorry, it's like- I know this- it's not basketball. No, we got we got a little off topic, okay, but it is no her. I, her she's been very vocal about wanting to do that, so that's awesome. I, I think um, you know she has a, she has a future there with the Jordan brand. I did want to talk about Alicia Gray though. Uh, back to basketball because you mentioned basketball. blocks. Getting back, yeah. You, you know who has who's averaging one point nine blocks per game at the moment? Alicia is Gray. Really? Yes. Fourth, not fourth most that. blocks in the league. Um, actually, I want to look up who has the most blocks. I'll continue talking about her. 
Uh, she's been awesome. I mean, she's always been awesome. Her, her, de- her defense has been incredible um, for a very long time. I think now she just has, with that back line help from Isabel Harrison, with uh, a defense that has come more together with players that are playing better um, mm-hmm. on that end, she's been a little bit more free to get those blocks and she's chased down master. She's really great at anticipating and, and covering smaller guards. So she's going to get more blocks right. there too. And then she can switch right. on the bigs too. So I, I think her switchiness, um, her anticipation and, and just her skills on that end have really come to roost. Another player mm-hmm. who was in the three on three in the Olympics who's come back with a different sort of mindset here uh, in right. this season. And I think it's really, uh, it's really benefited her. Now let me see who leads the league in blocks while, while we talk about her. Um, so I want, I want to see, cause I think it might be Brittany. Well, I know. Oh, I know Elizabeth Williams um, one block that she had in the Atlanta dream game. That should count as like 10 bucks. And I know it was just fun, but <laughs> gosh, Ooh, she just. Nope. Uh, so it's all Good. bigs. All of okay. these are bigs except for Alicia Gray. Because we have wow. Asia Wilson at the top with 20. Oof. Wow. Making a strong case for defensive player of the year. Um, and then we have uh, oh, someone surprising. Well, Emily Anxer's on this list with 10. Uh, I, I search for players at 10 blocks or more. Uh, Shakira Austin has 10 as well. Wow. Very nice. Two rookies in that oh, list. Oh, Queen Egbo also on this list. <sighs> Three, Three rookies in that list. What? Three rookies swatting yeah. things like that? Wow. That's I I saw Hollywood get um Skylar Diggins Smith on the vicious one that too. Was, talking block shots. Skylar yeah. even had to giggle that off, like you got me. Like, yeah, like that was legit. Glad to see Skylar back on the court. Um too, yeah, Kennedy got all that one though. Ooh, ooh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Glad to see Kenny back on the court. You don't put like three minutes in the other game. Sparks, something we're gonna have to talk about eventually. Uh we will. not not on this podcast. Not not today. Okay. We will um, though. But back to, did you, did you want to say anything about Alicia Gray? Sorry for uh, going on a tangent. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, just the fact that, you know, she's almost averaging two blocks a game. I mean, I think that tells a story. I mean, that's that's total uh, fire in the belly. That's mm-hmm. total, like, no, you're not going to get this shot off. And I, I love that kind of ownership on the defensive end. But she's always had that anyway. She's always had a great motor on the defensive side, but to have those blocks, I think that's most impressive uh, for a guard to be on that list of bigs. Um, I mean, that's that's a high level of respect right there. But I, I, I've always loved her game anyway, and she's been um, a tough player to match up with as well. But I think I know um, Stephanie Dolson also played in the 3v3 and said mm-hmm. something about how she had to really react quickly, you know, or more quickly um, on the floor because of the pace of that style of play and I think we've seen it like you said with um, Alicia Gray and other players who have had that experience to be able to make quick decisions and I'm telling you that's that's pace and space you're talking about speed I'm telling you it's about making fast decisions more than it is about your foot speed and I think that 3v3 for Alicia Gray has really been a proponent of that no it's it's just been really cool it's been really cool to see players come back and uh and perform in good and different ways. Um, we may have to have like a negative podcast at some point of just talking about the things that have not gone well so far this year, but we'll keep it more positive still. I mean, um, you know, they, they, they have to talk about the Liberty at some point, but that's just more. Oh, it's a surprise. That's a surprise. We're talking about surprises, yeah. man. That's... Let's just hope it turns around before we have to talk about it. I know. 
that's we're waiting but i that's that's been a surprise for me i you know thought that would be no. a team in the middle of the pack and it just hasn't been that way for them no. yet yeah i will add yet to that just yes. because we're anticipating that changing well, we're only we're only eight games into the season um right. there are only six games into the season so yeah no. so it's uh it's it's still very very early to make any assumptions about what's going to happen um right throughout the season uh so that's that's every those are the things i really want to talk about anything else you want to get into uh, mystics anything oh i mean just with with the mystics just uh taking on connecticut i mean right now they're seven and two mm-hmm. and sitting at the top of the league because of the way that they've been playing defense i mean they held atlanta to 50 points and i just think uh, mike tebow today was talking about the defensive efficiency of the team and he said it wasn't quite what they wanted obviously in the chicago loss on sunday this week but you know in that in that atlanta game they completely turned things around and and did what they needed to do and they held ryan howard scoreless she was over nine from the floor gabe and it was just you know a myriad of uh, of different looks they were giving her whether it was clark whether you know ariel atkins got switched on to her you know there were just a lot of different defensive looks that just crowded her space and just took her totally off her game and you know, and she got her shot blocked too. And it was, yeah. you know, it was just one of those nights where, you know, she just never got the engine started. And, um, you know, kudos to Washington for doing that because coming into that game, Ryan Howard was leading the league with 20 a game. So to go out with a goose egg, that's, that's a high level of intent. That's a high level of focus on the defensive end. And that's what Washington has been uh, saying since day one of training camp. So that was, that was impressive to see. So the sustainability of that effort defensively will be something to, to look for when they play Connecticut without Deladon, possibly without Clark. We don't know yet, um, but a lot of a lot of different faces. Uh, Kennedy Burke has been fantastic, and Coach said, you know, we can switch her from two through four, but her numbers have been great. Um, another double-figure scoring game for her. I believe she had 13 against Atlanta and uh, shot the ball really well. So. I mean, they have great pieces and they have great versatility with those pieces. So it's been fun to watch. And and one thing I'm surprised about is that Shakira Austin has pretty much maintained her starting role in her minutes after we talked about mm-hmm. on our last show that, you know, maybe her role changes, maybe her minutes change. And I want to give a shout out to yeah. Complex Chick 86 who commented on our last video saying i wouldn't be surprised of austin if austin's minutes don't change at all so far complex chick you are correct (laughs) and i was wrong so i i like i i think i mean not that you were wrong (laughs) oh yeah yeah i think it's i wasn't saying the timing of my comment that no but go ahead it has been interesting that she is maintaining that starting role and she's been playing great basketball um, and I think her development is going to be huge for the Mystics as we go on in the season. And, you know, it, it may not, it she just may not change that much. Like, 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 uh, you know, the commenter said, like Elizabeth Williams play is working her way back. So maybe when she's at full health, maybe this changes, but like Shakira is going to start all the games that Elena's not there. And yeah. if she continues playing this well, it's going to be hard to keep her off the court. It really is. And that's what you want to do as a player. Yeah. You want to make it tough for the coach to to have you on the bench. Right. Like, I can't have her on the bench. I got to have her on the floor because she brings a lot of great energy to the court, a lot of great confidence as well. But when you're looking at um, 
you know, the way that she plays with Elena Deladon on the court. I think that's what Eric Tebow said prior to the Atlanta game. Like, it's not necessarily about, you know, what she can do individually. It's about the collective uh, force of the team, especially with Deladon on the floor and how she is going to be played. Like, how are they playing Deladon? And now how can you slip and move into spaces that may not be there when other players are on the court? So I think those adjustments and that level of awareness is something to look for for Shakira Austin as the season progresses. But without Elena Deladon on the court, I mean, we saw what she did in that one game where she had 20 points, mm-hmm. you know, with that, um, was it in Minnesota? Uh, I will double She played well in Minnesota. She did, She had the 20 against Dallas. She had yes. 20 against Dallas and the win. But when they played Minnesota, when Deladon didn't play, she also played very well. She didn't have 20, but she played really well. In, in her absence and um, and really stepped up to that challenge of, of not having a two-time WNBA MVP on the court with her. Um, but her confidence level is what is, is carrying her right now and her level of understanding and her ability to make reads with or without Deladon on the court. She's really been fantastic. No, she, like, like you're saying, I think the, the most impressive thing is that she's already picked up the pace and the reads and the, and the mental aspect. The one thing I want to see from her um, is like for her to realize that she is six, five and bigger than everyone else. And just to go and, and run into the paint and like try to jump over, jump over people or yeah. shoot over people yeah. or just throw yeah. your weight around a little bit. I mean, don't yeah. do what the Miami heat did in game five <laughs> and go into the paint and then pass it back out. Yeah. Not gonna, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, There's still another chance they have one more game. Whatever, whatever. It's fine. They got, yeah trying uh, uh, this uh, i will look back fondly on the season at some point um but don't do that I, uh, shakira Diana does that shakira, right. shakira and ariel atkins both i, I think they just kind of need to you know have that more of like the more mentality of like i am going to the rim i will yes. charge over someone before i i will get a charge before i do not get to the rim i think yeah. that is a mentality i want to see from them sometimes not that they're already not like great like really good players who are really uh, solid pieces for this team who are helping this team win. It's just something I want to see from them. Right. No doubt. And Ariel Atkins has has made it clear that she wants to be able to, you know, get to the rim. And I think that's why her numbers have been so extraordinarily great this season Mm -hmm. and and consistently. So because she's been able to, to evolve in her game, I mean, she won a gold medal for a reason. I mean, she, you know, and I know she was on that team and, and did well defensively and all that, but now, you know, we're talking about the competitive maturity of all these players playing in the AU and, you know, playing the Olympic team and playing overseas and the 3v3 things. But I think when you have those different experiences, you really find out where you want to take your game. And I think we've seen that from Ariel Atkins. Like she wants to take her game to be more of an attacker and, mm-hmm. and not just, I mean, she can float the three in the basket. Now let's make sure that that thing is a soft touch and a nice flick of the wrist. But she can get to the basket this year, too. We've seen her get and ones. We've seen her, you know, take a, a nice, strong hit oh, yeah. um, while she's getting in there. And so let's look for her to do more of that. Yeah. You know, I think that's really expanding her role uh, on the team. And that changes the way the other players and other teams will play and program their defense around what Washington does. Like, mm-hmm. she's changed her game in that way. So they've got to make better defensive reads because they don't know what she's going to do. And, and that's why it's great to continue to evolve your game. No, I, I think, yeah. I just want to see more of it. So I think we will. I mean, she's, a, she's one of the hardest workers in the league. We know that. Oh, my. Um, yeah. The other thing is uh, the Mystics are going to be running into a problem 
uh, sooner or later, once everyone's at top speed and everyone's playing, uh, there's not going to be enough minutes for everyone. Um, to quote Marlo Stanfield no. from The Wire, that seems like one of them good problems. Um, so, <laughs> like, it, 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 it would be a good problem to have, but um, there will be not enough minutes for all of these really good players that have been playing well, uh, including yeah. Kennedy Burke, who's been playing well. Right? Absolutely. And it was hard. I was wondering, um, you know, like, Tiana Hawkins didn't get a lot of minutes mm -hmm. in the Atlanta game. Like, she came at the very end. But I think that's what you're saying. I mean, it's hard to find time with everybody healthy. I mean, they had all 11 players, yeah. you know, uh, for the first time in years, right? It's since 2018, I believe, was the stat on that in the game note. So it's like, you know, everybody's healthy. You have everyone ready to go in this game. And so... Yeah, that that's that's a tough hamster wheel or whatever merry-go-round thing to, yeah. to jump in on and and find a seat. It's it's one of them good problems. So uh, I need that on a t-shirt. One of them good problems. <laughs> Seems yeah. like one of them good problems. Have you ever watched <laughs> like, Wire? Yes, I remember the Wire. Okay. Based in Baltimore, right? Based in Baltimore. Yeah. Based in Baltimore. Yeah, it's been some time though since the older show, right? Oh yeah, How yeah. Do you I feel took about it because you're a young guy. Like you, I mean, where were you? Fourteen. Uh, I watched it? it. I took a class on it in law school. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. It's a very uh, accurate description of uh, how the legal system works and how problems are not are solved and not solved um, in the situation. Yeah. Wow, I would not have known that you studied that that show in law school. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like uh, that. Yep, that is the only as one of the only things I learned in law school, folks. That is applicable <laughs> still in my life every day. It's one of them good problems. <laughs> I guess it's one of them good problems for me. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, if you saw my student debt, you'd think differently, but <laughs> that's one of them bad problems, as they say. Um, okay. That's, uh, that's all I got. Um, I, we, uh, spread the floor to, I forgot to mention this earlier. Like, uh, we are doing our picks um calvin ryan myself dano dano's on vacation we're doing our picks um over there so the youtube channel will be in the description below uh if you want to follow us for all of our WNBA picks we are making you money uh i have a good friend who is doing all of our bets and he's made us he's, he's made money so i'm gonna see him next weekend and he owes me drinks um so <laughs> if you want if you want to join us on that side that's what we're doing um, oh boy that sounds yeah, fun want to play. sounds yeah. fun well, I guess we'll, they're cutting the lights out on us right now. So we got to roll on out of here, Gabe. It's always uh, wonderful to just go through the WNBA season with you, but also everything else. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate your compassion with life in general and your understanding of that. And that's what the WNBA is all about. That's what we're all about here on Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. We, again, send our love, prayers, and continued hope for a change um, that we don't have to have this kind of devastation continue to happen. So we're, we're hoping that that is the case. And, and we'll be right here for you in all ways uh, on Courtside. And... and all you senators. I want to say more, but I can't. I want to say more, but I'm not going to do it. Um, for Christy Winter Scott and Gabe Ibrahim, we say see you next time and be kind to one another. We're all out here on the same team. <laughs>